Time travel to fun in the 16th century at the Maryland Renaissance Festival. Ten stages, food, pubs, shopping, jousting. Saturday, Sundays, and Labor Day Monday through October 24th. For tickets, visit MarylandRenaissanceFestival.com. Save big on admission through September 12th. Is literally just like cake with icing in the middle. So it's it's like a this is going to sound so strange, but it's it's like a like a legit Oreo. Welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. I hope you have had ample time to recover from your hell in a cell hangover. I certainly have lots to get to in that department, plus an amazing conversation with NXT's very own Adam Cole, baby. But I can't take you on this journey solo. He is the CC DeVille to my Brett Michaels the voice of NXT, Mr. Vic Joseph. Vic, what's the good word, my friend? You always seem to break me every single week because that was a good one. I got to say, no one can see you right now unless you're seeing a YouTube clip. You are looking jacked. I'm feeling jacked, feeling you strong. You are looking thick right now. Been you back in the gym for a couple weeks. I'm try, trying to rebuild the machine a little bit, you know? That's not bad. I got a neck that looks like a stack of dimes, so I'm way off from what you look like. I've gotten into this whole fitness thing. as a, Since I retired from the ring, I really let my fitness slack, really kind of gave up, so to speak. But you, Vic, know as well as anybody how terrible my day-to-day diet is. So I decided maybe if I go back to the gym and start working out, I have an excuse to eat cheeseburgers and drink beer every day. And there's a cool little taco spot, I think, down the street from where you're located in Pittsburgh that you there can is. Eat maybe an extra time. How do you know about the taco spot near my house? Because you've told me about the taco spot near oh. your house. You've actually okay. invited me over to your house anytime that I wanted to come over, Mackenzie and I, that we could go to the taco spot. Well, you've never taken me up on that offer, so to hell with you. To hell with Vic, to hell with Hell everything, it is that was that was a, a professional top A list segue. I was in the process of making, and you walked all over it, Vic. This is why you will forever only be my sidekick, the Orco to my He Man, if you will. That is what that's that's the level you're at right now. You're really uh, slipping. Okay, my bad. Do we want to talk about Hell in a Cell or not? Yeah, absolutely. Before we talk about Hell in a Cell, Vic, because I like to take you all over, I want you to follow my lead. I'm not going to let you know where we're going. Before we get to talking about Hell in a Cell, let's talk about what we have on tap next week. We have been asking for weeks for the ATB faithful to fill our official After the Bell mailbag. Next week, right here on After the Bell, we are diving in deep, an episode exclusively dedicated to answering the questions from you, the ATB listeners. Can't wait to get to that. But before we get there, we need to look to the past. Hell in a Cell weekend, Vic, because this year it wasn't just one pay-per-view. It wasn't. It was really interesting. Um, Obviously, Monday Night Raw, you got a call, I guess, an encore, Hell in a Cell. where We had a prelude. We had a pre-show. We had Friday Night SmackDown with Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio, the actual Hell in a Cell event itself on Sunday, and we followed it all up Monday Night, Woods and Lashley in the cell. And I think Lashley's the first superstar to ever compete in a one-on-one Hell in a Cell in back-to-back nights or something wild like that. When I saw Bobby Lashley after Monday Night Raw in the locker room, recovering from his battle with Xavier Woods, I asked him, I said, Bob, uh, do you have heat? Is somebody mad at you? Two cell matches in less than 24 hours? Are you nuts? And being the constantly stoic badass that he is, he just smiled that big Bobby Lashley smile and shook his head, said, I don't know, man. (laughs) We went out there and did his thing. The the two things that stood out to me, you know, from Hell in a Cell was one, Drew McIntyre's back. 
from the kendo stick shots and not just one. I lost count, but just seeing the photo on social media, outrageous. Do you remember the ads in the Attitude Era where you had Shawn Michaels' voice and Stone Cold's and I broke my back, damn near broke my neck, but I still got up. The whole don't try this at home ad that we used to do all the time because of the brutality of our athletes. Uh, Man, if you look at Drew McIntyre's back and you can say anything other than, oh, these are some of the baddest human beings walking the planet, I don't know what will do it for you. If you you see that photo and if you haven't seen it, go search for it because there's all different views of it. And it is just nasty. It's gnarly. That photo spoke about just the brutality of that match. The other part was actually SmackDown. Because when Roman Reigns took on Rey Mysterio, I thought it was great. I really enjoy the story. I'm really enjoying Roman Reigns as a fan and to see Dominic and Rey, who we had on here. When he launched Rey Mysterio, had him in the powerbomb and just lawn darted him and he just bounced off the cage. I mean, again, just shows you the level and the caliber of athletes we have. And that includes Rey Mysterio, who isn't a spring chicken. Right. He's not 20 years old anymore. He's not right. 30 years old anymore. Still going through hell. When Roman launched Ray toward the end of that matchup, it was one of those moments where as jaded as we can be as fans and we have seen it all and we've lived through it all and I've taken plenty of bumps in my life, for me to be sitting on my couch holding my breath just goes to show you how terrifying that was. I'm going, oh no, Ray, oh no, he's actually going to kill him. That's, that's then, the end oof. of Ray. Yeah, and then, wow, what, what a battle that absolutely was. And the way Hell in a Cell started with Bianca Belair stepping inside Hell with Bailey, that was... You know, great to see the innovation that they had inside the cell. But the two things that stood out to me, the back of Drew McIntyre and that opening match on SmackDown. But it got me thinking, Graves. Got me thinking. I love Hell in a Cell. First main event I ever called as the voice of Raw. But do you just miss the days when it kind of just popped up out of nowhere and it wasn't like one specific event? I, I miss the days when Hell in a Cell was utilized the way it used to be. Hell in a Cell every year, you know you were going to get brutality, unmatched brutality. Uh, people love that. People look forward all year to Hell in a Cell, myself included. There, there has never been a, a disappointing Hell in a Cell event to me. However, I do miss when Hell in a Cell, from its inception, was used to settle the worst rivalries in the game. When Hell in a Cell had to be resorted to, you knew it was on another level. And you knew you were going to get something unforgettable. I always think back to the end of an era match. Triple H, Undertaker, WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels as special guest referee. To this day, one of my favorite matches ever. It's definitely in my top five, top ten of not only WrestleMania matches, but WWE matches. I love that match so much. And the cell was the perfect environment for the story being told. That said, the result was what we expected it to be. Banger of a match. Roman just redefining what it means to be the top guy right now. I love everything about the result of it. But to me, the fan, the spoiled guy who has watched wrestling for the majority of my life, I go, ooh, I really miss, to your point, it popping up out of nowhere. It never really popped up out of nowhere, but you could see when it was necessary. You knew these guys are going to fight forever. You have to put them in the cell. Lashley and McIntyre, to me, was the perfect matchup to take place in the main event of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Because those two guys have been fighting since before WrestleMania. Everybody has realized these guys are going to fight forever unless one of them destroys one another. They had the stipulation. Drew gets no more opportunities at Bobby's title. I'm cool with all that. I love it. Which also makes me think about Drew McIntyre and what a wild year it has been for this man. Drew McIntyre 
up until recently was arguably the most beloved WWE superstar on Monday Night Raw. It may still be. I'm not taking away from Drew at all. I'm saying that right when Drew started to hit his stride in front of our WWE fans, the Royal Rumble that he won, the stadium about exploded when Drew Man, McIntyre won. Yeah. That was the guy that the fans finally went, yes, that is our guy. That is who we want to carry the flag. The pandemic strikes, right, beyond anybody's control due to absolutely no fault of Drew McIntyre. And I have said on the record numerous times, I don't think Drew could have done a better job carrying Monday Night Raw throughout the pandemic. It's an unwinnable situation. And Drew just took that responsibility on his shoulders and did what he had to do to get us through. There was no playbook. Uh, that's there, what no, people there, know. There, there's no play- never happened. There's no playbook. No, there's no guy. No, you couldn't you couldn't have said, hey, Hulk Hogan, hey, Bret Hart, hey, hey any Cena. great champion, John Cena. How do you handle this situation? You can't. It's never been done before. In the year since, throughout the pandemic, the world's been turned upside down. Down is up, left is right, et cetera, et cetera. Throughout the course of the pandemic, Drew doing the best that he possibly can, arguably better than anybody else might have been able to do. It seems as though the momentum that McIntyre had has sort of cooled off a little bit. And I wonder how much of that is a result of not having fans in the house. Because the WWE universe is so essential to what we do. We talked about it last week with AJ Styles. The superstars cannot wait. They are literally salivating at the thought of having fans back in the arenas to see us do what we do. Drew McIntyre seemed to be the quote-unquote sentimental favorite of the majority of the WWE Universe at the beginning when he won the Royal Rumble, heading into WrestleMania to challenge Brock Lesnar. Everyone kind of unanimously agreed, yeah, Drew's that dude. Drew is the guy who we want. We, it's been so long since we've had fans. WrestleMania, I almost don't count because everybody that walked through that curtain from the, the opening on Saturday till the end of the night on Sunday got great reactions because the fans were just so happy to have WWE back and be part of WrestleMania. Which leads me to this question. Now that Drew seems to have taken a sidestep, I don't even want to say a side uh, step back, just a sidestep. Drew's occupied with other things in his career at the moment. Do we have a sentimental favorite? Do we have a guy right now currently that the audience, not that we in WWE are saying, hey, this is your guy. This is the guy that we're running with right now. Is there somebody on the roster at this very moment who the fans at home watch every week and go, God, I can't wait until that guy gets his chance. God, I can't wait till this dude gets the opportunity. I think Cesaro became that guy for a cup of coffee during the pandemic, had a hell of a match with Roman Reigns, but Cesaro still not on that level. Is there somebody, Vic, to you that's just waiting to, to break out? I made this, this prediction prior to WrestleMania saying, I think we're going to leave WrestleMania with a brand new megastar. And, and I wouldn't say that I was mistaken. I think everybody's profile was elevated who got to compete, but there was still no one clear-cut guy or girl that when they appeared, the fans went, yes, now it's time, the way that they were for Drew McIntyre. I would go, first and foremost, there on Raw and SmackDown, Biggie. Okay. Biggie is someone who I think the fans will gravitate to. They okay. were before. I think they will again. And I think once you get him in front of a live crowd, him and his element. He's one of the most entertaining guys. Bell to bell, promo, commentary, ring, doesn't matter. No argument for me. I think that's a great choice. I would say on the flip side, someone who's going to get a bigger reaction than they're currently obviously getting before the pandemic and a new form is Bailey. 
I think people are going to hate Bailey. I think they're going to boo her out of the building because she's so annoying and nasty, and I love it. I love I it. I love it as well. And to that very point, Vic, the appreciation that certain departments of our fandom has for superstar and, and what they do at, from an appreciative standpoint, not a, not a skill set level, not a, Oh, that match was great. But people, I think appreciate that Bailey has been one of the driving forces throughout this pandemic. I, I would dare say to the level that drew McIntyre carried WWE Monday night raw in particular through the pandemic era, which this will forever be referred to. Right. You got to give the same sort of credit to Sasha Banks and Bailey. You got to. We credit everybody, and, and I, I don't mean to, to diminish or, or look at less. Everybody contributed to the best of their ability throughout this weird time. But looking back now, this thing is almost in our rearview mirror, which is so exciting. But to look back and say, who really defined this era for WWE? In my opinion, it was Drew McIntyre, Bailey, and Sasha Banks. Yeah, I think Bailey will get a huge reaction, um, not necessarily negatively, but as a heel. Maybe the first time Bailey steps out in front of a WWE live crowd, the people are going to go, all right, we know she's obnoxious on TV, but man, this woman has been doing the Lord's work for the last year. So I'll give you that. But I also think that the person that you're looking for isn't on the roster. I think the person you're looking for is an NXT. And I think it might be Karrion Cross. I know really? we just had him on the show. I think with the entrance, I think with Scarlett, I think with the um, aura, with the lights and the smoke, Perfect fit. I think he's someone that people are going to gravitate to, man. I really do. I Well, I mean, time will tell. I, I'm i no curious. I have no doubt Karrion Cross will, will be a huge success no matter where he lands. If he remains in NXT, if he shows up on Raw or SmackDown one of these days, I think the, the WWE Universe is going to get into him in a big, big way. I'm just saying that right now, historically, we had Daniel Bryan. Yep. Once upon a time, there was CM Punk. There have been guys where the crowd was so rabid for these people that the WWE universe made its own star. Austin. Austin. I, I mean, even not even to that magnitude that we're talking there, just there's always kind of that sentimental favorite. Like I said, Cesaro, I think kind of filled that, that role for the short term. Maybe Cesaro is not done. Maybe he still has the chance to be that next breakout guy where the fans just go, I don't care what you tell me I want. I'm telling you, this is what we want. I'm sure there is someone like that on our roster, one of our rosters. I just can't name that person off the top of my head. And I think it's an impossible task to try to choose that because in a few short weeks, when we're back in front of the WWE Universe, when we're home, where we belong, they will let us know. So you and I can sit here and pontificate and speculate all day long, but it's just a matter of weeks until the fans let us know who they have been waiting to see, who they are waiting to propelled to the top of the mountain. Reginald might get a huge ovation when he walks out. Let's not get crazy. You no, know, I'm just throwing it out there. You just, I mean, it is know. possible. Stranger things have happened. <laughs> so Vic, while we're speculating and pontificating, I am very excited to get the opinions on the subjects we're covering of our next guest. He is one of the staples of NXT, a true mega star in the black and gold brand rolling solo these days. Please welcome Adam Cole. Adam Cole, who I have referred to as the measuring stick on the black and gold brand, and he referred to himself this week as the king of NXT. Adam, welcome to After the Bell. Hey, thank you very much for having me. And th those are very accurate statements that you've made in the past, and I hope you continue to make, because it's true, measuring stick, king of NXT. I think that's very fair 
to say at this point, <laughs> but seriously, good to have, good to be here. We're happy to have you. And I have said this many a times in the past. I enjoy sitting ringside to watch you work. We always talk about professional wrestling being a blank canvas and you guys are the artists giving us what we want to see. So thank you for taking time today. Are you in a warehouse or something right now? What is around you? In a warehouse? No, this would be Adam Cole's game cave right behind you. Whew, look so at this. Aside from the arcade machine, it's a little bit messy, but there's a lot of history behind me right now. Like this thing, I don't know if you can see it. It looks like I'm pointing at it. It's called the Magnavox Odyssey. It was okay. the first ever video game console, home console produced, 1972. It really? literally, the craziest thing about it is it's literally just two dots on the screen and how video games worked back in the day, because I'm a big gamer from up, up, down, down, as a lot of people know. But nice plug. You, they, you used to put overlays on the TV. Like, it'd be like, okay, this game is hockey. And then you'd put a hockey rink up with an overlay oh, on the Oh, you put TV. like a sticker on the oh, TV. Literally a sticker on the TV. Played. Okay, I see. Yeah, and that's how you played it. And you just used your imagination. There was haunted house. There was tennis. There was like, it, to think where they were in 72 to where they are now is bonkers. Imagination. Remember those? Imagination. God. <laughs> I would. I know. I, I look at my kids who are constantly on their phones or on their video game consoles, and I'm like, why don't you just occupy yourself without electronics? And they they have no idea how to do that. So right. here they are, actual video games that you still had to use your imagination for. Yeah, completely unheard of these days. It's it's insane. It, Get well, off I, my I, lawn. Right. <laughs> right. I th I think to like back in the day, like I was just talking uh, to one of my uh, buddies about this the other day is like in third or fourth grade, I remember because I was like a little bit of a like loner when I was a kid. Um, and like I would have this like whole imagination playthrough that I had when I was Spider-Man. And it was like right. in, in my third grade brain, it was like the most epic story. And I yeah. think about how that so does not happen, at least <laughs> obviously in that sense, as it an adult. But kids are so creative, man. So this creative. might be the most important question I ask you today because Please. we had AJ Styles on last week. Are you a PlayStation or an Xbox guy? I hate to give this answer because it sounds like I'm dodging the question. So, but I will, I will definitely answer it. But I am like a gamer through and through. So okay. I have Xbox, I have PlayStation, I have Switch, I have PC, I have VR, I play on mobile. I love gaming. If it's a good story, like I'm a story driven guy. Or okay, like, so like, you're not an open world guy. No, no, I no, absolutely, absolutely, open world. But Dick's as long been as the story for weeks to find an ally, he hates open world. <laughs> I games. hate open world <laughs> games, man. I want to start the game. I want a story. I want an ending. That's all I want. But I, 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 I hear what you're saying, though, man. Because I'm looking over. I got the original Nintendo. I got the uh, the PS. I got the Switch. And I yeah. used to have an Xbox because I used to play first-person shooters on the Xbox. Halo all day, baby. All sports games, though, were PlayStation. I didn't like the uh -huh. sports game on the Xbox. The, the PlayStation was always where the sports games were. But, like, That's the fair. Hitmans and things like that, that was all my Xbox. Graves, I'm done with video games today. I, I was going to say, you yeah, ask yeah, him sorry, another question sorry. about video games. I'm going to trade you to up, up, down, down. <laughs> all right, I'm off. I'm off my, my, my pedestal. <laughs> I encouraged it. I encouraged it. I know, my fault. I know, which is why I'm letting it live, why I'm letting it breathe. Adam, I, I, I want to talk to you about the current state of NXT. As yeah. Vic mentioned at the outset, you've been a staple. You've been a driving force behind the success of the black and gold brand for quite some time now. But more recently, we are getting to see a whole different Adam Cole. We, yeah. you, you are synonymous with the Undisputed Era. Obviously, so many memories, classic matches, war games. that We can go on and on about the memories you guys created as a unit. Adam Cole has struck it out solo these days. Yeah. What does it feel like to you now 
walking to the ring in NXT, a place you're incredibly familiar with, but you don't have that safety net, that security blanket of having the boys with you. So it's, it's actually kind of invigorating. Um, and again, like when I look back on everything that me and the undisputed era did together, I, I do look back fondly on it. Like I, again, to be able to come into it, to a place like WWE where your anxiety and the pressure you put on yourself is at an all time high to be able to share that with people who I at one point considered brothers and people who I was very, very close with traveled the road up and down with for 10 plus years. Like, again, I've known Kyle since 2009, I was in his wedding. Like, I mean, I've known him for a really, really long time. So to be able to share that with them was really cool. But it, truth be told, it was really exciting to be able to go, okay, i got to go do this on my own now. i got to make an impact and make an impression on my own. And, and so far, it's been really cool. It's been really exciting. A week from Tuesday, you'll be going up against Kyle, Great American Bash, O'Reilly, Cole, too. But, you know, before we started, Graves and the producers and I were talking about something that recently happened, and we're on the topic of Undisputed Era, Roderick Strong making his return with Diamond Mine. Just wanted to get your thoughts on, on Roderick Strong now branching out. Yeah, um, Roddy is the um, probably the toughest opponent I've ever been in the ring with as far as, like, when you're done wrestling Roddy, you definitely <laughs> feel like you wrestled. Um, I was going to say, Roddy's still wrestling you. <laughs> right, right. So he he brings it. He always has and he always will. Um, so the idea of him being at the forefront or what it looks like uh, of, of this new group is scary. I think, I think it's scary for the entire brand. Uh, it's definitely scary for Kushida. It looks like he's made his, his name present there in that sense. So um, I, I think it's really cool um, in some senses to kind of see Roddy find this new crew and this new group. He, he looks as confident as ever. Um, but I really hope Roddy stays out of my way because uh, the idea of having to deal with him uh, this tense and this fired up is something I'm not ready to deal with right now. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Roddy's on fire. I, I could just, I could tell. I could tell. I want to ask you about your Tuesday night on NXT. You went yeah. one on one with Carmelo Hayes as a guy who's yeah. been getting some TV time. Uh, looking across the NXT landscape, we're beginning to see a few unfamiliar faces, new guys waiting for their chance, waiting for their opportunity to step up. Carmelo brought it a couple weeks in a row, took Kashi to the limit, took you to the limit. Who else impresses you right now on the NXT roster? So I, I've mentioned this name before, but it's really cool to kind of see them form, which is funny enough, we just talked about this new group that, um, you know, with Roddy. Um, but Isaiah Swerve Scott is somebody I've always had my eyes on. And uh, with this new group and this new crew that he has, I feel like he's really, really hitting his stride. It, to me, there's always been something about him uh, that just stuck with me. I, it could be that, which I don't know if a lot of people know this, but um, I'm originally from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And I met- Amish country. Uh, Amish country. And I met Isaiah Scott in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, and I directed him towards the training uh, academy that I was going to. And I kind of watched him- grow as a talent uh, through the independence all across the world. So to see him land in NXT has been really cool. And again, I knew kind of from the beginning that he was going to be really, really good. And now again, to see him in the position that he's in has been really, really cool. So he's a guy I am 1000% keeping my eye on. Like I think a year from now, you're really, really going to see what he's capable of. I will happily double stamp that statement. I've yeah. been very impressed by everything Swerve's doing. Yeah, Hit row, really, really cool look, really cool awesome. vibe. I'm having a blast watching it right now. Let me ask you this. How familiar are you 
being from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Lancaster, as I need to correct myself, have you ever <laughs> eaten shoe fly pie? Of course I have. What of in the course hell I is have. shoe Thank you. string pie? Shoe of course fly I have. pie. There's, there's a bunch of stuff. There's whoopie pies that we have in Lancaster, Pennsylvania as well. Those are my favorite desserts of all time, whoopie pies. Yeah, whoopie pie is quite a way to live. But shoe fly pie, Vic, it's essentially like molasses pie. It's like about two inches of molasses with brown sugar on top of it. They call it that because it's so sweet. The flies would swarm around, so it was shoe fly pie. It's a staple of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's just molasses yes. and brown sugar? Yes. Basically, but it's delicious. delicious. It'll so hurt, good. Your, Thank it'll you, hurt your teeth. It's so sweet <laughs> and so wonderful. You get done and you're like, your jaws hurt because it's just pure <laughs> sugar. But it, God, it is delicious. Your jaws hurt, but your soul feels good. Amen. You know? What's whoopie pie? What was the other one you said? Yeah, whoopie, whoopie pie. pie is literally just like cake with icing in the middle. So it's it's like a, a this is going to sound so strange, but it's it's like a, like a legit Oreo. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, like a, a gob. You know, they call them gobs in, in some places. Yeah. It's like yeah. two half chocolate cookie type things with yep. icing perfect. in the middle. Perfect. Guys, I just learned what banoffee pie was like a year ago. So <laughs> you guys are just blowing my mind right now. It's so good. You can put peanut butter in the middle. You can do anything. You can do red velvet. It's shoestring oh pie. Shoe, Shoe fly, fly pie. Shoe fly pie. Yeah. I, I, Graves, <laughs> how close are you to shoe fly pie? Right now? I could probably have one within 30 minutes. You probably so could. could you go buy me a shoe fly pie? No. It, okay. Absolutely no. not. Moving on. Take with your ass to Lancaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to go to the heart of it. You got to go yeah. to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Cause I'm sure somebody in Cleveland or Orlando <laughs> can serve you shoe fly pie, but you got to, I've have never it. heard of it. It's not authentic. It's not authentic. I'm a big believer in you got to get it the original. You got to get the original. Don't tell me it's original when it comes from somewhere and I'm in California. I don't want Agreed. that. Agreed. I want the real deal. You got to. I, I apologize for derailing the conversation, but I feel like if there was I ever a it. subject that warranted it, it was shoe fly pie. Totally agree. Back back to the questions at hand. Let, <laughs> let me see if I can turn this into something here. So we're talking about the nostalgia factor of shoe fly pie where you guys were around. I love the nostalgia factor of NXT. Uh, mm -hmm. Great American Bash, Halloween Havoc, recently in your house. Yeah, Thank I'm going to derail you again because you do it to me every five minutes. But well done. That was a hell of a transition, Padawan. <laughs> I really do appreciate that. What a that. pro. What a so, pro. So I actually do want to know because I love it. And, and I think, you know, Graves speaks to it. You know, just being able to – I loved Halloween Havoc on like Nintendo 64 mm. when we used to play, you know, the WCW video games. Isn't it cool to be able to walk out on the and say, oh, I performed at Halloween Havoc. I performed it in your house. Great American Bash is coming up. It's so cool. Um, and, and again, I know, uh, Corey, I think we've talked about this before too, but stuff happens so fast that sometimes you forget to like, kind of sit back and smell the roses. And one of the things I've tried to do as I've gotten older is appreciate things in the moment. And again, stuff like Halloween Havoc and In Your House and Great American Bash that would mean to be able to say, yeah, I get to perform on events like this or to be in feature matches on these cards is so, so cool. Because at the end of the day, we all just love pro wrestling. Um, so to be to be able to do this stuff is awesome. It's, yeah, it's the very, very cool. thing, man. Life's pretty cool. Perfect. If you don't slow down once in a while, look around, you might miss it. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Because again, early early on, it was so like laser focused on the next thing and not appreciating kind of what's happening. And I understand that you know uh, uh, motivation process of just constantly no more, 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 more. But the older I get, it, it's been a lot. Uh, happier and healthier for me to be able to be like, hey, this is freaking cool.
want to get your thoughts. I know the CWC has been wide open for several weeks now. You guys have some fans in the house for the NXT events, but it's been widely publicized. The WWE as a whole finally coming home in the middle of July. How exciting is it for you to get back on the road where we all belong? My God, I I have never been more excited for anything. I don't think because because like even having, um, you know, a few fans in the CWC uh, for, for NXT every week and, and feeling that, uh, real energy, uh, from the audience. What a difference. Like, I, I mean, we always knew that the fans were vital to the success and the excitement and the entertainment of what pro wrestling brings to the table, but to actually get back to traveling to different cities and, and feeling that energy and feeling that passion is really what it's all about. Like it, it does, it feels, uh, wrestling feels naked, without the audience. Like it can still be amazing and it can still be awesome. And we could still tell, you know, great stories, but that glue that holds pro wrestling together. And that, that thing, that intangible thing that makes the magic of what we do so special is the audience. So I cannot wait. I I promise you for all the fans who are excited to come back uh, and witness, um, you know, WWE live and in person, I promise you the performers are more excited than you are for real. Yeah, no doubt about it. You're echoing the sentiments. AJ Styles said the exact same thing. And both you guys, you know, world traveled superstars. We can't wait. Everybody from the crew on down is absolutely stoked. But I have to ask you, do you have any apprehension since since the pandemic began? You know, first quarter of 2020, uh, you haven't been traveling as much as the usual NXT or WWE schedule would entail. You have any 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 apprehension? Yeah. So the only thing I'm a little bit intimidated by is I kind of have this thing where I feel like maybe I'm going to forget how to travel. (laughs) So, so, cause again, we were so used to it. Whereas every week going to an airport or, you know, driving, I mean, the driving part's easy because we're all still driving now, but the flying aspect of like, I know I'm going to get there way too early. I know I'm going to be worried about security and it was like, oh crap, which gate do I go to? Where do what I do you park? Mean I have to Where take do my I shoes go? off? Like, right. what do you got me doing? <laughs> right. Like, right. Oh no, uh, shout out TSA Pre. Yeah, yeah I got that too. <laughs> Love it. Lifesaver. <laughs> I never stopped traveling through the pandemic, going back and forth from right. Pittsburgh to Florida. So it's been crazy to me just how quickly things got back to normal. Seemingly overnight, I got to the point where I was so comfortable. I knew my schedule. I knew what minute I had to walk out my front door, exactly how long it was going to take me to get to the airport. I knew there wasn't a security line, particularly in TSA. So I was like, oh, you know, if I get there 15 minutes before my plane takes off, I'm good. And I did that for almost a year. About two weeks ago, I go to the airport at, I think, 6 a.m., 5 a.m., something like that, to, to fly to Raw. And there was a line, I mean, 30 people deep in TSA pre-check, and I I panicked. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding? Oh no, I'm gonna miss my flight. I haven't missed my flight in years. This is gonna this is gonna be the downfall of me. It's crazy how much you have to relearn what we did just just inherently before. It is. It's so true because you get so used to it and so accustomed to it, and then stepping away. But I will say, is I'm sure you know the first maybe the first week or two, it'll feel like a weird transition, and then it's gonna be like riding a bike. Yeah, and we'll be right, right back, back to normal it. where it'll be good. But but I have always been the super early airport guy. Like a couple of my buddies are like, uh, they get there right on time, which I respect. I have too much anxiety for that. I have to get there and wait like 45 minutes before we even start boarding. Be like, okay, all right, I'm safe. You got to get through, get your coffee, sit down, grab the newspaper, read the sports page, make sure you get it. Exactly. Check Twitter, check Instagram. (laughs) Graves, I felt bad for you, actually, if you do miss your flight, because you wouldn't even have a hangover to be the excuse. 
I, re- I wish, right? Right. It'd be it's like, gross, right, guys, traveling's back to normal. Like, yeah. was not I'm, prepared. I'm like, yeah. I'm like a choir boy these days, man. I'm, I'm well-behaved Graves. You and me both. You and me both. Yeah. You've got Kyle O'Reilly in the immediate horizon. Looking forward to that one. What does this match mean to you and Kyle personally as competitors in that spot? So it, it, it's big. Um, again, I know I kind of touched on this briefly, but sometimes I do think people forget. And we touched on it a little bit at TakeOver Stand and Deliver with the video package that aired beforehand. But um, if I am, quote unquote, married to anybody in the wrestling industry, it would be Kyle. In, in 2009, we had a, a, quote unquote, breakout match on the independents that kind of got us noticed that allowed us to travel all across the United States, up into Canada, Europe, Japan, Australia, you name it. Uh, me and Kyle have been attached at the hip in many ways. So uh, with TakeOver Stand and Deliver, Kyle obviously got the victory. So th- this one is even more important to me because it's just a straight up wrestling match. Right. It's to see who the better wrestler is. And I stand by this. I think I'm a better wrestler th- than Kyle O'Reilly. So so this one is, is really, really important to me. Um, It's going to be a battle. I I have never had a match with Kyle O'Reilly where I was not fighting for my life. And that's just the way I like it. He feels the exact same way. So this one's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight, but it's going to be one that Adam Cole is going to walk out on top of. You know, you talk about, you know, Kyle O'Reilly. I I can think of other guys you've had great matches with that I've had the pleasure of sitting ringside to call Johnny Gargano. I think about the fatal five way at the In Your House uh, event for NXT TakeOver. You've been very open in a lot of interviews you've done about NXT being the best, the best roster. And that's up against Raw, SmackDown, put the promotion in there. How much does it irk you when you hear the word developmental? It bothers me a lot um, to some extent, though, um, because I always try I try to be glass half full guy in a lot of ways. So I think there is a um, because, of course, there is an aspect to NXT or the Performance Center where, of course, there is developmental. There, There are people who get hired with with wrestling experience, with no wrestling experience. And it's the process of hopefully getting to that point where they end up on NXT television. Um, but to say that, again, the, the um, you know, the roster of the guys who are on NXT every single week, as far as developmental goes, uh, I, I do, I really do believe that we're, we are on the same level as the guys on Raw and, I was, and as the guys on SmackDown. The, the process of, de- of development, though, is something that happens all the time. I, I've been wrestling for over 13 years and I'm constantly developing. I don't ever want to get out of developmental. Uh, I, 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 I was just about to, to chime in and stop you because the minute you stop trying to learn and improve your game is the time it's time to leave the game. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, Cause it's so cool for me to be around guys like Shawn Michaels or, or, or triple H or Matt Bloom, who they themselves are very open to admitting that they're still learning. And if those guys are open about learning, we definitely better be open to it. So I, I, I've always kept that mentality and always kept that thought process of if I'm not getting better every single year, every single match, then I got to get out of it. So um, I, I'm, I'm proudly developing in that sense. Well, on that point, man, look, you have been a part of uh, a lot of different matches when it comes to NXT unsanctioned backlot brawls list yeah. goes on coming up in just a, a few weeks money in the bank. We're coming off of hell in a cell. Is there something left for Adam Cole to do a match that he wants to participate in that he hasn't yet in the WWE raw SmackDown name, the pay-per-view doesn't matter. What match still excites you? Funny enough, because it just recently happened. 
I really, really want to wrestle in a hell in a cell someday. Why I mean, in the hell would that be your answer, man? Because I'm an absolute maniac. <laughs> um, <all right. laughs> but no, I, I just think of all the iconic moments and matches. Um, you know, God, dude, HBK and The Undertaker, Mankind and The Undertaker. I mean, there, there's so many different examples of just classic Hell in a Cell matches. And when I think of that iconic moment where the music is playing and the lights are going crazy and the cell is lowering. Right, right. I, I just remember being so excited and it still makes me feel that way. So I do hope my body to, you know, will strongly disagree with me, but I do hope someday I get the chance to, to wrestle in a hell in a cell. That would be awesome. I'm going to piggyback off Vic's question. Who stands across the cell from you? Oh gosh. I mean, well, here's, here's what I will say in a perfect world. If past, present, future doesn't matter, me versus Shawn Michaels is the, is the one I would love. Uh, but if I'm picking current, you know, guys to, to possibly face right now, I'm going to go Kyle O'Reilly. I am. I, I feel it. like if I beat Kyle O'Reilly in Hell in a Cell, it's over. Then, it's, then I can move on, go back to, you know, going after the NXT championship and I can move along. So either Shawn Michaels or Kyle O'Reilly. When the rivalry finally reaches the boiling point and it can't go any further, you drag out the cell. See, Vic, exactly. we were, right we were all just along. talking about this. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we literally, it, it, look, th- th- now we're going to go off on a tangent here. We were talking about we love Hell in a Cell, love but it. we loved when Hell in a Cell just came out of nowhere. Like it wasn't Same. its one day event, like this is it. It was, hey, you want to do this? No place left but Hell in a Cell. And Could then you're not like, agree wow. More. Like yep. the elimination chamber is the same thing. Yep. I do yep. miss that. I, I do too. I, I totally agree because again, like having that um, just little bit of unpredictability, you know, two guys have a couple of matches together and it's like, where's this going to go? And you still, even if you have a sense that maybe that's where it's going to finally hear it's confirmed. And again, surprised it to me, it makes it more special as well. When it's confirmed before more. it's on the calendar. It really, really makes it feel special. It does. When you see yep. it coming, you know it's coming. Oh, it's going to be those two. It's going to be those two. Yep. No, no. I want, they're by request, on demand. We can't settle this any other way. Hell in a cell. I'm with totally you. Totally agree. I am so on your guys' team with this one. We'll see. Well, it's going to uh, be well, very interesting. You know, I'm looking forward to Great American Bash, as we've talked about. I do have to throw this out there, though, when it comes to Hell in a Cell question. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing an Adam Cole, Kevin Owens. Hell in a Cell. You talk about the history between you two. I think that's very interesting. I love planting these little seeds, giving a little water, because I'd love to see Adam Cole versus Shawn Michaels. See what's happened here, Cole. On numerous occasions, I have spoken great things into existence here on After the Bell. Now Vic thinks he's absorbed my powers (laughs) via osmosis through the Zoom call. Now he's going to try to book things. He's calling himself the pencil. It's a really scary, call scary state pencil? of affairs. Yeah, it's- Can you, though, Graves, do me a favor? Can you say, man, I would love to see Shawn Michaels versus Adam Cole at NXT? Please. <laughs> Let's see if I still got anything left yes. in the tank. Okay, okay. Right. I'll tell you what, guys. I have a bad habit of speaking things into existence here on After the Bell. Picture this. Oh, yeah. Adam Cole inside Hell in a Cell, locked in there. With HBK, mm. Shawn Michaels, Michaels, Cole inside the cell. I think we need to make it happen. Put a pin in that one. That's that great. We it. don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> that not, but, you know, God, we, we all could wish. They say, how do you make Adam Cole? How do you make Adam Cole special? You do one thing. You ring the damn bell. Adam, thanks so much for joining us here on After the Bell, man. Of course. Always a pleasure talking to you guys. Hopefully talk to you soon. 
Vic, it's a pleasure as always to talk to Adam Cole. Big things on the horizon, baby. Yeah, no doubt. I can't wait. Great American Bash. Be sitting there with Beth Phoenix, Wade Barrett. A week from this Tuesday, USA Network, Cole O'Reilly, two. Adam Cole's one of those guys, man. You always know what you're going to get as soon as he walks through the ropes. Bell to always bell. a can't-miss superstar 100%. anytime Cole steps in the ring. You know what else is can't-miss, Vic? Next week's episode of ATB. We've been teasing it for weeks. It is finally going to arrive. The official After the Bell mailbag will be pried open. You and I are diving in. And because... We like to keep things interesting around here. Vic, you or I don't get to see the questions before we're on the I'm worried about that. A little right, well, worried about that one. I, I'm excited for it. I, I like to, to be on my toes to deflect the daggers that are coming our way. <laughs> there's going to be some daggers, I'm sure. So hopefully Alex and the crew really uh, combs through those and there's no surprises. Can't wait for next week, though. Me neither. And you should not wait to follow at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me. At WWE Graves, you can find him at Vic Joseph WWE. Listen to ATB for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're using Spotify, search after the bell and smash that follow button on Apple Podcasts. Hit the plus sign on the after the bell page, and you will never miss an episode. While you're there, do us a favor. Throw us that ever-important five-star rating. Leave us a review. It helps spread the word of the greatest sports entertainment podcast in the land. And keep up with all your favorite shows in the WWE Podcast Network by following at WWE Podcasts on all your social media platforms. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, a wide open ATB mailbag, and more WWE after the bell. G3 Assistance through Virginia's Community Colleges is your pathway to a new future. Helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3.